This morning we're going to pray and give thanks and give praise to God for his presence with us. So shall we pray? Father God, we thank you that you are always with us and you've promised to never leave us or forsake us, whether in good times or in bad times, in the calm or in the storm, when we're locked down or when we're free, in our comfort zone or in our lostness, on the mountaintop and down in the valley, in the fire and the flood, in upheaval and peace, in our poverty and in our prosperity, in our sickness and in our health, in our failures and in our successes, in our loneliness and in the companionship of those we love. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much that you are in our midst. You have promised to be always with us and you will never leave nor forsake us. We praise you and we thank you that neither death nor life, nor angels, angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from your love in Christ Jesus our Lord. We thank you that when we're sorrowful or anxious or worried or fearful or dismayed or disappointed or distressed, you are always with us to comfort, encourage, strengthen and uphold us. Father, we thank you that you rejoice over us with gladness and calm us with your loving presence. We thank you for when we're contented, when we're at peace, when we're at joyful. Help us, Father, remember that in both good times and bad times, you are always with us. We praise you and thank you when we look back over our lives and realise you've always been watching, always protecting, always bringing us ultimate good, no matter what has happened. We thank you that you have always been with us. We thank you that we can look forward with confidence to our future life with you here on earth and then in your eternal kingdom. Father, we thank you. How wonderful, how reassuring that we can live each one of our future days confident that you will always be with us until the end of the age. We thank you that in your presence in our lives, we thank you that your presence in our lives is all-powerful, all-knowing and all we'll ever need. We thank you and praise you that you are with us, you are for us and through your Holy Spirit you are within us. We thank you that to each one of us you give all of yourself as fully as if there was just no one else. So, Father, help us, we pray, to acknowledge you, to welcome you, to praise you and to thank you for all that you have done. Father, we thank you that you are with us. You are with us. Always, always. Amen. Thank you, Richard, for that prayer personally personally touched by that Richard thank you um, thank you for listening to the Lord as you were preparing to lead us in in that prayer good morning everyone my name is Sam Barnes I'm the pastor here at the Hills Christian Family Centre if you're new I want to add my welcome to that of Wayne's and Hannah who have 
uh, welcomed. And if you're watching online, perhaps you're watching for the first time, I also want to welcome you to our service of worship here. Uh, you might be listening to this as a, as a podcast later on. Again, may you know God's presence with you, uh, as, you as you listen to this. Uh, just a couple of things before we get into uh, the word this morning. I want to personally thank everyone who turned up yesterday, uh, gave their time and effort into um, painting, sorting, cleaning. Uh, there was a lot of work done and that wouldn't have been able to be done without people turning up and, and giving their support. So thank you to everyone who was here to do that. I re- we really do appreciate that. Uh, secondly, uh, Wayne mentioned that I just wanted to have a quick word about the positions vacant that we have. Um, I just wanted to make it clear that uh, we're making both positions vacant because we want to be flexible to what the Lord might be uh, doing uh, in our midst. Um, Kiara is here. Hello, Kiara. Uh, Kiara is not going to be going anywhere. In fact, we're actually believing that Kiara is going to still be involved in ministry in the life of the church. Uh, But in making both positions um, available, we're opening ourselves up to more flexibility for uh, perhaps a a young couple coming in who might even be able to oversee both areas of ministry and therefore need more hours and more time to do that. Uh, So rather than being uh, strict and rigid in in what we're looking for, we're actually uh, saying to the Lord, Lord, would you lead us? And would you guide the right people to us to facilitate what we think is a a really important ministry? We've got so many young people in our church. And as these young people grow up in the faith, um, to to build uh, strong youth ministries is really important too. So we are uh, asking, praying, seeking, uh, asking you too to be putting the word out there and to be thinking about um, people you might know. As, as Wayne said, conversations you might be having with someone, oh, that, that, that might um, fit. And uh, we're going to be trusting the Lord that's going to lead us uh, in, in the right fit for that. But to be flexible and open to the, the amount of hours that we have, the resources that we have um, to, be, to be flexible. So this morning is Mission Sunday. So as is our tradition at the Hills Christian Family Centre, on the fifth sun, when there's a fifth Sunday in the month, normally uh, there are only four Sundays in a month, but every now and then there are five Sundays. On these Sundays particularly, we want to give a, a proper focus on uh, mission. And before I hand over to Andrew in a little while, I just wanted to give just a little bit of a, a word as to why missions. Uh, who are we as a church? What is our DNA? Why do we even uh, consider this uh, something that is important? Uh, many of you would know that as, um, as, as CRC Church, we uh, take seriously the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. They are the two uh, verses that really are at the centre of who we are as a movement the Great Commission to go out into all the world and to baptise and make disciples and to love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and our neighbour as ourself. In fact, it's our slogan that's there written up on the wall to be loving God and loving others. So these are central truths versus to who we are as a church community. So Jesus, before he ascended, he said to his disciples, one of the very last things he says, he says, to go, 
Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go, make disciples of all nations. It's changed. Don't know what's happened there. Um, Oh, there might be... There might be animations in there. Okay. You might just need to pause it, mate. Um, Therefore go and make disciples of... Where? All nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. This is the commission that Jesus gives to his disciples and not just to those disciples that were with him there. It is a commission that he gives to every Christ follower that has ever been and will ever be. Jesus' words don't change. They don't uh, we don't need a new commission. This is the, his last words to his disciples that remain our commission as Christ followers to go into the world and to make disciples. In fact, uh, there is another great commission that you may or may not know of in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus literally just before he ascends. So these are... Jesus' last recorded words to his disciples as he was with them. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And what we see here is Jesus painting a picture of uh, uh, circles going out further and further and further out into the world. As as we start as uh, witnesses as to where we are and we can... We can put our own circumstance into this. Uh, You are witnesses in uh, your schools. You are witnesses in your workplaces. You are witnesses in the public sector, in the private sector. You are witnesses in your homes, in your neighbourhoods. And then you are witnesses uh, and then it goes out and out and out. It's a bit like if you get a stone and you throw it into a pond, what happens? There are ripples that slowly move out in circles further and further and further away. And so Jesus is the stone that has, has come from heaven and, and he is he's in, in the central place of Jerusalem, which is where uh, Christianity started. And out from there are these waves of the disciples going out into uh, Judea, which is the surrounding area of Jerusalem, and then Samaria, which is further out, and then further out from Samaria is to the ends of the earth. And so this was uh, Jesus' commission to his disciples. It's a commission to us as a church uh, to be in, to have an importance of uh, reaching the nations. And it was not something that was new. In fact, if we go back to, uh, to Abraham and, and God's uh, promise to Abraham, he says, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I'll give them all these lands and through your offspring, through Israel, all the nations on earth will be blessed. And it wasn't just at the start in, in Genesis. In fact, this this idea, this picture of God's purpose uh, being made through uh, first Israel and then the church and then every nation and every tongue and every knee shall bow and every tongue confess Jesus is Lord was part of God's plan all along. In fact, you, you can, there are many 
parts in in the Bible. I just, just want to look at a couple of Psalms. Psalm 86 says, All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord, and they will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvellous deeds, you alone are God. So, all the nations. Now, I've made a typo. I think that's Psalm 67 or 76. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the people praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule and the people you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you. May all the peoples praise you. And there are, are numerous other examples. So here the disciples are commissioned. They, they have this um, mission to go, to be witnesses in, throughout all the earth. And, of course, that's what they do, don't they? Yes, everyone nods their heads. Do they? Do they? <laughs> well, it's pretty interesting, actually. We're going to have a, a quick little trip through Acts. So if you've got your Bibles, I want to take you on a little bit of a journey as we look chronologically through Acts and we actually look at what happened uh, for the disciples. The, the promised Holy Spirit comes. Uh, on them as they're waiting in Jerusalem as Jesus told them to do and they receive power from on high as Jesus promised receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit and then at Pentecost Peter stands up preaches that first sermon and the church is born we just sang about it and the church of Christ was born on, on that day uh, as, as thousands were added, added to the believers and then the believers, we have this picture in, at the end of Acts chapter 2. Wonderful passage of scripture. Many a sermon has been preached on this, on, on the importance of the things that we have in, in our church, of fellowship, of, of teaching, uh, of, reach, of looking out and serving others. Here's the picture of the Jerusalem church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Fantastic. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Isn't that just a, a wonderful passage of scripture of what it means to be a New Testament church? Of being devoted to each other, of having glad and sincere hearts, breaking bread in homes, of the Lord adding to their number daily. Isn't that, isn't that possible when the, the word of God is preached that, that the, the, the people are added Dave Smythe's preaching next week, and we're praying for that to be the case. Thousands added to the church. <laughs> it's possible. But there's one thing missing here. 
There's one thing missing here in this description of the Jerusalem church as they first um, come together. In fact, here the Jerusalem church is a bit like what Kerry was talking about with this mirror. It was all about being in their homes. It was all about meeting together. It was all about enjoying fellowship. What's missing is Jesus' commission to be being sent and to be going out. In fact, it's not only it's only later when Stephen is martyred. Stephen is stoned in in Acts um, chapter seven, and then the start of Acts chapter eight it says this. After that experience, on that day a great persecution broke out against the church. So before that, they were enjoying the favour of the people. But now, all of a sudden, there's persecution, and and the first um, person is martyred. Great persecution broke out against the church, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout. And what's interesting, it says, through Judea and Samaria. Do you remember what Jesus said? You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, it was only when the church was persecuted that they actually began to go out from Jerusalem. And I wonder if persecution didn't happen to the Jerusalem church, whether they would still just be in Jerusalem. I wonder if that's, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? And as we look around the church worldwide today, where is the church growing mostly? It's in countries where they're persecuted greatly. And as I look at this nation that we're in and that we're living in, and we're moving further and further away from a Christian society into a secular society, and, and more and more persecution is coming on the church, I wonder if there is an alignment that is, is coming where, where Jesus is, is, is doing a sifting. And which, which churches are with me here? Which churches are really going to be speaking the truth and declaring the true gospel? And which ones are going to be going uh, skew-whiff on the side? I just wonder. I'm just putting that out there. I, I believe persecution is coming in Australia. and wonder if that's going to be a new scattering, uh, a new chance for the church to be uh, going out and, and making a difference where they're scattered. So, but the disciples here are not going with purpose. They're not going with the mission. I've been commissioned to go out, therefore I'm going out. They're actually running away from persecution. And so we still don't see uh, this sense of taking hold of what Jesus has asked his disciples to do. Then an amazing thing happens with Peter. Uh, Peter's on a roof. Um, the meal's being cooked downstairs. He's probably hungry, and that's probably influencing his vision. But he has a vision of different uh, meats and foods that come down. And, of course, as a, as a Jewish person, there were certain foods and customs that you had to follow. And, 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 and in this vision, God was saying, take and eat whatever you want. And, and, and Peter says, but how can I eat what is unclean? Because I'm, I'm still in this kind of Jewish 
custom of, of what is, is possible. And, and, and God says to him, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. In other words, I have, my gospel is going out to the world. It's not just for the Jewish people. The, the, the numbers that were being added to the Jerusalem church were all Jews. There were no nations at this time being added to them. And so then he goes to Cornelius' house, and, and as he's doing that, and as he's is hearing what's, what's happening, he began to speak, and he says, now I realise, ah, the penny's starting to drop for Peter. The pieces are starting to come together. Now I realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And so then as Peter is preaching the gospel to Cornelius' household, a Gentile household, he's speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. And get, this is the amazing line. The Jewish believers who had come with Peter were astonished. This had been predicted. <laughs> this had been spoken. This, this was the plan from all along. And yet they still hadn't, clued in with what was going to happen. They were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had poured out on even the Gentiles. How could this be possible on even the Gentiles? For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And so from this point, there is discussion amongst the disciples and they start talking to each other and they go, guys, this is what's happening. The, the Jerusalem church, the, the Jewish um, Christians are, are, are asking, hey, what's happening over here? And, and they're questioning him. How can, this, how can this be possible? And Peter goes, goes back to them and says, guys, I'm just, just following what, what was happening. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. And then I remembered what the Lord said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And if God gave them the same gift that to us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? And when they heard this, this is now, now the penny is dropping. When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so then even Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. So here's the Jerusalem church. Wonderful picture as it may be yet still hadn't quite grappled with the mission that God had given the disciples. And then here in Acts chapter 11, we've got a church in Antioch, which is outside of Jerusalem, those ripples coming out. And it's out of this church, out of these believers, that they grab hold of the mission that God has given them. And it's out of the church at Antioch that Paul and Barnabas are sent on the first missionary journeys. In, in Acts. See, there's a difference between the church in Jerusalem that was a bit like a mirror and the church in Antioch that was a bit like the piece of glass that Kerry talked about this morning. But here's what I want to say just before we hand over to some of our local missions. What was the motivating factor for the, for the disciples to uh, enter into mission? What was the motivating factor for the disciples? 
Was it the Great Commission? Was it Jesus' words? Because if you look at it, it doesn't look like it was Jesus' words. And sometimes we can, we can push uh, the commission on ourselves and we can say it's about duty. It's about needing to do what Jesus says to do. And if we don't do it, we feel guilty. And then on comes all this guilt and shame. And that's not a very good motivating factor. Was it the fact that the Jerusalem church had love for God and love for the neighbour? I mean, the Jerusalem church really outworked the great commandment. There's a great picture of it. Was it the great commission? Was it the great commandment that motivated the disciples to be involved in mission? I don't think it was either of those two things. It was when they saw God at work. When they saw that God would be using them to participate in his mission in the world, that excited them. That gave them great joy. And that caused them to go out and to in, into all of the earth. So I want to ask us that same question. Great Commission can, it is important and he Jesus commissions us, the church, to go out. I, I don't want to undo that. Jesus commands us to love others as ourselves. That is true. But as a church, when we see God at work, when we see God at work amongst us, when we see new people coming to faith, that just motivates us with joy to participate and to continue in him and to go out from here into our workplaces and say, God's at work. God is at work amongst us. God is doing a new thing in our city, in our world, and we want to participate in it. And because of the Great Commission and because of the Great Commandment, uh, we go forwards and out into what he has for us. I came across a great quote I'll just end with when I was thinking about this. One commentator said this, the highest motive for missions and evangelism is not obedience to the Great Commission, although obedience is required, nor is the highest motive love for sinners, great as that love may be. The greatest most motive for missions and evangelism is a passionate zeal for the glory of Jesus. It's a passionate zeal for the glory of Jesus. And that's where we want to be moving in as we are loving God and loving each other and we have a passionate zeal for what Jesus is doing and when we see him at work, that just motivates us to continue to participate in all that he is doing in the world. I'm going to hand over to Andrew now. Uh, he's going to be looking at uh, what we're doing in our uh, missionary endeavours as a church and then I'm going to speak a little bit more as well. Okay, thanks, Sam. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, nice to see you all. Um, my name's Andrew, and I'm part of the missions team here at the Hills CFC. Just going to give a couple of updates and uh, mention a couple of things that we're looking to do here at church. Just click through and catch up here. So, Sam, I was really encouraged just by your words then and thinking about um, 
our Jerusalem. So the church started in Jerusalem. And so here at the hills, we want to start in our local neighborhood. And we all know that it doesn't take money to be a witness for Jesus. We can just, if we're just open for business and we're excited about looking around for opportunities, what's, you know, who's God speaking to? How can we share our faith with our neighbours, with our friends, with our family members? Um, that's our local Jerusalem. That's where we are right now. So we don't need money to be a witness for Jesus. However, having said that, here at, um, at church, we value uh, local missions, looking around us and how we can help, how we can be involved, how we can share. And sometimes uh, God might put something on your heart to um, help in a local way, whether it's visiting a school or visiting someone in a house, maybe helping them like we used to with one in ten, tidy up their yard and help them do things. And so some things do require a bit of money. And so one of the things we want to do here is have a local missions focus uh, where if somebody in our congregation has a thought, an idea of something that they would like to do that requires a little bit of money, there's going to be some money set aside in our missions budget for, um, for those type of projects and ideas. So Sam's going to talk about that a little later on. But just to let you know that um, as you're looking around and, and thinking about ways that you can uh, be involved in people's lives and, and opportunities to bless them, to help and to, to share your faith, there is the possibility of, of making an application to the missions team. So speaking to myself or to Sam, talk about your idea. And if it needs a few hundred dollars, if it needs a thousand dollars, then that's something which we want to see happening in the church. So, um, so like I said, you know, we don't need money to be witnesses for Jesus, but sometimes if you have a great idea, we want to be able to empower that to happen. So that's one thing that's coming up uh, in the near future on our, our local sort of missions focus. Now, I was up here a couple of months ago speaking about our international missions focus and the things that our church has done over the last 20 years. And I, I spoke about how we're coming to a, a time where there's been a bit of change in our focus. And we spoke a bit about um, our, our focus in Myanmar and um, other people as well, like Jeremy Steele and others who we have um, worked hand in hand with over many years. And it was great to hear David Smythe talking about the history of that and all the good things that have happened. And... Um, so that's, that's been fantastic, but there has been a bit of a change in that our focus has now moved more at this point to Ghana and in particular to Pastor John and his wife Mercy and the ministry that they're involved in. Now, if you were away a couple of months ago when I was up here sharing about some of the, the reasons for the changes we've had, please feel free to come and talk to me or Sam if, you, if you've got any questions about you know, what's happened with this. Um, because I'm not going to go into all the details like I did a couple of weeks ago. But I'm just going to focus now on what we are looking to support and get behind uh, in the future. So Pastor John has um, sort of come onto our, our, our radar here at the Hills Christian Family Centre. And uh, him and his wife are just extraordinary. And I haven't actually met Pastor John because he's over in Ghana and travel's been pretty hard in the last 18 months. But I'm really looking forward to the day one day to, to meet him and, and, and just to soak up uh, some of his vision and his zeal and excitement. 
And um, I'm going to talk a bit more about the ministries that he's involved in, but we, we've got a short video of him giving a little bit of a testimony, which we have shown before, but we'll show it again, just to once again uh, help us to get to know Pastor John a little bit more. So we'll watch that now. Uh, Hell's Christian Family Center. I am so glad to come your way this morning with a testimony of myself and my coming to Christ and our ministry. I'm Pastor John Boateng, born on the 17th July 1977, married to Mercy with six children. Um, I was, I came to the Lord um, through a very difficult circumstances. I fell sick when I was in high school, um, second year, completely paralyzed for eight months. Uh, left to die but one day I, I had a visitor who was a stranger know him from nowhere enter into our room to visit asked me where my mother was and then pulled me from my bed and completely healed uh, after that my parents sent me to live with the, the Methodist pastor in our village stay with him and that is how I came to the Lord I later became Assemblies of God member and went to Assemblies of God Bible School and that's how I became, uh, I came into the ministry. Then my pastor sent me to the western part of Ghana to start ministry, the cross ministry, where I have been pastoring for about 15 years now. God has been so good, we have planted about nine churches and the school concept came when I married my wife, Mercy, who was a teacher. And when we came to this place, knowing that Christian education is very important, decided that we started a Christian education to give the kids in this place a very different education. And so far, God has been good. We have about 400 kids in our school and God is blessing us. Thank you for being partners with us and we are so grateful that the Lord has brought you our way. May the Lord continue to bless you as you have your mission week. We love you, Pastor Sam. Thank you and thank to your wife and your kids. We love you. Bye-bye. Okay, so it's great to hear from, from Pastor John there. And if we can go back to the slide, I'll just uh, continue on there. So just having a look at the map. Um, so down in the country of Ghana, if you can see that. We've got a little pointer here. There it is. Okay, Ghana, down here in the Western Africa. And if we, the zoomed in map on this side actually is zooming into this point down about here. So down in the southern western part, uh, this little town here, Abuesi. That's where Pastor John and his school is located. One thing I really like about um, what I've learned about Pastor John and his ministry so far is that he's been pastoring a church for 15 years and um, it's not like we've just found someone overseas who's just crying out for money from Western churches before he's going to do anything. He's actually been following God's call in his life for 15 years. And it's only in the last uh, sort of recent few years where contact's been made through Pastor Barry Silverback and Pastor Jeremy Steele, who we have a connection with here at church. 
uh, in that this connection's been made and God's brought, uh, brought us and Pastor John together. And so it's like we're getting on board with something that's already happening. And um, that's really important in international missions because around the world there are a lot of, um, a lot of ministries and places that, you know, unless you've got that personal contact... Funds can go in all sorts of different directions, and accountability is super important. But it's great here to know that you know there's a trustworthy connection, and that he is not in this for any sort of financial gain. He is obviously, you know, pastoring a church for a long time. He has a huge vision and has an established a school as well. So speaking about the school, this is his wife and himself. Their vision was to create a Christian school for. Um, there's families that couldn't afford that type of school. And so it's called the Terry International Christian Academy, which was established 2016, started with four teachers and a handful of kids, and has very quickly grown to have 400 students. So there's a huge need for this school in that environment. And we've been um, privileged to be able to support the school a little bit. Um, just recently, we were able to purchase some building blocks, which helped to start the process of building some more classrooms. The government has made a lot more um, demands on the school to be in line with their policies, particularly around COVID and, and distancing and that sort of thing. So it's been just a timely thing for their school that we've been able to come on board and help them with that endeavour a little bit. So there is the school, and, and that's what we have focused on so far this year. But Pastor John has an incredible vision, and his vision so far is he's planted nine churches. He's looking to plant a thousand churches in the coming, uh, I think it was 10 years. That's, that's a very amazing sort of huge ambition, but he's not just sitting around hoping it's going to happen. He's actively training um, young men and women to actively go out there. And this is just a photo of his uh, Bible training school, where he's actually in the process of training up younger pastors. We, just a couple of weeks ago, we got some um, photos and information back from Pastor John about one of their recent outreach events. And uh, amazing the way they've gone about it. They've just gone into a different area of um, Ghana, constructed a shelter, held some services over a weekend, and he reported back that 56 adults were accepting Christ as their Lord and Saviour at their meeting. So here's a couple of photos of this event that happened. And I think his plan is that he constructs this shelter, gathers the local people, holds a few rallies, and then leaves one of his trained-up men to then follow up with that group and eventually become the pastor of that church. Let's couple more shots of the recent outreach. And so as we've mentioned before, their church is not only going out and, and reaching out to their neighbouring villages and communities, but they're also involved in good works in their local area, so supplying food for um, people that really need it as well. As I mentioned before, um, we have supported this uh, school just by providing some, some blocks recently. And um, we've got a video which we have shown before. We'll just quickly pop that up as well, just showing a bit of an update about what we have done so far to help the Terry International Christian Academy. Greetings from Ghana. Um, greetings to you. 
uh, Pastor Sam and the church. I am taking this video uh, to show you how your support for the school project, building project has gone. So, so far, this is what we've been able to do with the funds you've sent us. And it's, it's really, really nice at this stage. And we are very grateful to you and the church and for the contribution. We say thank you so much for helping. And this is how far we've been able to come with the funds you've sent. Uh, we are trusting the Lord for provision to be able to continue from here. We are at the stage where we need to do the lentil by iron rod and put it all over this building and then um, get into the roofing stage. So we are now at the lentil level and we pray that the Lord will provide the resources for us. Thank you so much and God bless. Bye-bye. So that's uh, some progress there, and it's fantastic to see that you know the first thing that we've set out to support this church with, uh, the school with, sorry, has um, has already started. So I'm going to hand back to Sam to talk a bit more about some future plans. Thanks so much, Andrew. It's exciting to see, isn't it? Um, got at work. Um, that outreach just blows my mind to think. Let's just go to a village and literally with their hands just build a shelter which will become a church and get the villagers together and and people get saved and there's there's a new church it reminds me of, of acts it reminds me of the antioch church um uh, another little just little factor about about john uh is that he felt the call on his life uh to go into these this particular area and region and to start a church uh, and, and he had a fiance, and he brought the fiance to the village where uh, he was feeling called to minister and start a church. The fiance smelt the place and said, "No thanks." And she said, "I, I don't want to come here." And so John was at a had to make a decision: Do I follow what God's calling me to do? Or do I say no to that in order to marry this beautiful woman that I love? And, and John made the call to say, no, God's called me. And so the, the, marriage, the, the engagement was broken up. But out of that, he met Mercy, who was a school teacher. And out of that came this vision to start up a school in their local village to, to educate kids who would not get an education in any other way. And for them not only to get an education, but to hear the gospel. So out of that tragedy, God actually brought about this vision, which is a bit similar to what Richard was praying uh, this morning. So um, I've been in contact with uh, Pastor John, and I know we've done a lot of videos this morning, but I'm just going to hand over to him to kind of share what their greatest need is at the moment and to also share a little bit about the event that they just had. Thanks, Dave. Greetings, greetings, greetings from Ghana um, to you, um, Hill Christian Family Centre. 
and greetings to you, Pastor Sam Benny, and all the leadership at your church. I am excited that another mission uh, Sunday is here, and I'm grateful that you are praying for us and thinking about us. Um, we just um, planted a new church, praise the Lord, uh, where uh, 56 people give their life to Christ and we started a church in a village called Mampan and this church we have done the roofing um, we still need some work to be done uh, on the roofing and so um, it's about 3,000 for that and then our main issue is about the completion of the six classroom block you help us um, uh, continued it's at the roofing stage now and we need about fifteen thousand dollars to buy the roofing sheet and wood and the carpenter fee to be able to roof it um, we are in the rainy season and it is raining and it can affect the building i pray that the lord touch you and in any way you can help us roof this classroom for the kids to go to school will be a blessing thank you and have a great sunday love you god bless you bye bye Love his heart. He's an amazing man. Um, so just to, to put us in the picture, uh, these figures are up to the end of September. Now, in October, money has come in, um, but we haven't sort of ordered it and, and recorded it. So this is a month behind. Um, but up until September, um, close to 10000 has come in for our missions giving. Uh, we have... Uh, given that 2000 in the building work that you saw uh, from the window level that we've completed it for, the, for the classrooms. Uh, we are setting aside, as Andrew mentioned at the start, uh, around 5000 for local missions, uh, for new initiatives uh, to, be, to be started up, to be, to be a church that reaches our, our Jerusalem. Um, and so our current mission, it is a little bit more than that, as I said, because more has come in last month, uh, is close to the amount of the new roof that he's, he's wanting So, for his church. So it could be that uh, we decide to, hey, John, we want to bless you. Let's, let's get a roof on that church. That, that's nothing, nothing much. But the real need uh, for, for the school, uh, and then so the, the left required amount for us we set aside a budget as a church of 20000 uh, this year. So we're kind of at where we should have been in the middle of the year. Uh, so there's a fair way to go uh, for us to reach our budget. Now, one of his biggest needs is, uh, so that's, that's the cost of the roof, is what he said there is it's raining at the moment and it's affecting the building work that they have done on the school. They need to get new classrooms because of the, the COVID restrictions that the government are imposing on them. So to make it watertight, to get the roof on, to get the ironing sheets, to pay the carpenters, uh, it's around 15000 So we are, are believing and trusting and, and hoping uh, that the Lord is going to really bless uh, our giving uh, as we continue to support Pastor John in this. And then at about 11.30 in the night, Joe and I were talking about this and I've left a piece of paper at home, Joe. I'm sorry about that. Oh, you can do it. You, you can come up and do it. That's fine. 
And we thought, what does this look like for us as a church? What, what would it mean for us to, to get alongside and make this a possibility? If you know me, I'm like a budget, I'm a, you're like analytical, budget, budget, numbers, numbers, all of those sorts of things. Lucky Sam. <laughs> but we were talking about it last night and thinking, we've got this 3000 put the roof on the new church, great, we need another $10,000. But that can feel really overwhelming. I don't know if you ever look at an elephant and just think, wow, that's a big elephant. But the old adage goes, one bite at a time. So we sat down at 11.30 last night and we're thinking, Lord, how can we do this? Inspire us. How can we actually make this happen? Because the goal is 20,000 for missions and we've got 10,000 to go, but we actually need 15,000. So how do we do this? So we sat down and we looked at, at the church list and we went, we've got about 160 regular attendees at the church. Break that down to about 60 family units and about eight weeks till Christmas. Do you know what? It comes down to about $21 per family unit each week. And we'd reach that $10,000. Wouldn't that be amazing? So it may feel like the budget feels too big for where we're actually at, but when you break it down, and some people already give to missions, so that would contribute to that amount already. And just like all of you, there are times when you think, oh, that feels really overwhelming. $20, that's quite a lot of money every single week to commit to. But we were thinking, how great to get the kids on board in our families and think maybe we've got the bottle collection money, maybe there's something that they could do to earn some income, to do something creative, and as a family unit to be able to commit to something along those lines. It might not look like $21 per week over eight weeks. Maybe it looks like a bit more, maybe, maybe it's a little bit less. But wouldn't that be great if we could actually believe that we can reach that goal of $10,000 to meet that missions, but even better, to actually be aiming higher for that $15,000. And as Sam said, to be able to save $5,000 for our local community with the mission work that we believe God wants us to be involved in and that all of you can participate in actively. Have you ever been involved in something? I know I'm actually gonna tell a bit of a story Sometimes when we're driving along, Sam in a former life used to be a surveyor's assistant. And when we're driving along, he'll say, I surveyed over there. And we'll be driving a little bit further. Oh, and I did something over there and held a pole and measured everything up over there. And there's a pride that comes when you're actually involved in something and you see that happening and you see that outworked. And I love the way that Pastor John is giving us regular updates so we can actually see where the money's going, see what we're participating in in real time. <clears throat> so I guess our challenge to you is to go back home and pray about it because the Lord actually makes things possible where it might seem like it's difficult or challenging or too much of a hurdle. But that $10,000, we would love to see grow to $15,000 so that as it comes towards Christmas time, we can say, hey, Pastor John, go ahead with that roof. Go ahead with that school building. We want to be able to continue to support you going forward. So $21 a week per family unit. That was our maths last night. That's fantastic. So at the door, we have uh, these mission envelopes. And the purpose of those is for you to be able to um, take them home with you uh, and for, for you to be able to put it into to the offering. And can I encourage you to do that this week? 
that you take with you a mission envelope and you take with you something else that I'm going to get uh, Andrew uh, to talk about in a sec and for you to really pray and really ask the Lord, uh, how can I contribute to the work and be uh, enthused and uh, joyful about participating and, and letting that be the motivation to your giving. So I'm going to just hand up hand to Andrew and he's going to share just one little thing and then I'll get the music team up. Okay, so along with the envelope, we've also made these little postcards with a little magnet on the back. So you can grab one of these on the way out as well and just whack it up in your fridge. It's just got a picture of um, John and Mercy and some pictures of the, the school. And um, yeah, it's always great to have a little reminder on your fridge. So grab one of these on the way out and thank you very much for listening today. Um, I'm excited about what we can do. Uh, John seems like a wonderful man and his wife to really support and get behind. So I encourage you to really pray about it, see what God's putting on your heart, and uh, we look forward to next time we can give an update and see what's happened next. I'll get the music team up. Um, and as we prepare to, um, to conclude our, our time, I just want to pray. I want to, I want to pray for Pastor John. I want to pray for that school. Uh, I want to pray for us as a church as we think about our local mission and ask that the Lord be really um, speaking and leading us. Uh, so will you, will you join me uh, as we pray? Actually, can we stand and, and do that? That'd be great. Lord, we thank you for the way that you call us to partner with you uh, in your mission to reach the lost. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, uh, with your gospel of truth. And Lord, we want to be excited and enthused about all that you're doing. As we see new Christians come to faith in villages that we can't even pronounce. But we're part of that, Lord, as you draw us into this mission into your mission. So Lord, I just want to pray for Pastor John, his wife Mercy, their, their family, pray for their protection as they continue to, to work. Lord, for that school, that out of that school, uh, young children will come to know you as their Lord and Saviour, that they too will be trained up in, in ministry and go out and plant new churches, that, that they be those ripples, those waves on the pond going out further and further into the ends of the earth uh, with your love and your, your message of, of reconciliation. And Lord, for us we pray. We pray that as a church we wouldn't be a mirror church that looks in on itself, but Lord, that we would open up our windows and then we would see our local community and we would see the world beyond and that you would call us and lead us into new avenues of touching this world with your love. Lord, may we be scattered, just like those first disciples were scattered, uh, into Blackwood, into uh, Belair, into Happy Valley, into Christie's Beach, into Alice Springs, as we go out and further. And as we go, we'll preach your gospel and we would be witnesses to you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remain standing as we, we sing this last song. Uh, and as we do, just continue to ask the Lord 
uh, how he's leading you and how he's uh, calling you to participate uh, in all that he's doing. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, uh, Andrew. We really caught your heart, uh, which is our heart, I think, too, for mission as well. Um, it was great that verse in Acts 1, 8, that uh, Jesus said, you actually receive the Holy Spirit and receive power, and then you'll become witnesses across the world. And I think that's such an important thing for us to know, that, that our passion for people and for missions and for sharing uh, the gospel, actually, we are equipped. Our passion comes from the Holy Spirit within us, and then the Holy Spirit actually comes with power. Um, and I think it's great as we invest in buildings, that's, that's just a means to a greater end to actually provide a facility where kids can come in and learn. Uh, those that are, are serving there for the Lord uh, will actually be equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit to impact on their lives. So we can be a part in a tangible way for the Spirit to actually be at work through people and in people that don't know him. So that's sort of my, my thought to perhaps leave us all with today. Um, we've got a time now. Uh, if you want prayer to join with someone in the prayer room if you'd like to sit back uh, with a cup of coffee and tea and catch up with someone there's there's great great coffee being served and tea as well so please feel free to to stick around uh, just pray you'll grasp hold of the heart we have for mission in this church and just be part of it with us all so yeah god bless you all thank you <laughs>